And and I think what I love about these types of things is they explore an idea and they they bake it a little further where you start to go like, wait a minute, it can help us tell the story in a way that's too uncomfortable in the moment to explore, but we can explore it somewhere else, have it be in space with lasers and shit, or have it just be with a little technology or a different history or something like that. And we can explore an idea that maybe we think on the surface is pretty wonderful, but when you really look into it, you're like, wait a minute, maybe this isn't such a good thing. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Podcast time. It is the time when we podcast. And I. It is the time. It is the time. <laughs> we're looking into the future kind of a little bit we're gazing um not exactly a little bit maybe uh we tricked you it's not really what it's about kind of what it's about maybe a little bit um <laughs> i'm gonna keep being cryptic because it's fun anyway if you're still here and you're still listening congratulations yeah if you're still here if you're still here <laughs> after that that enticing intro from my co-host across the, the way here you know though it's uh it's funny it's like um we've always had this funny thing about intros which is like it's always kind of entertaining to me because i do feel like there is like a way in which we think we're supposed to do stuff and so we tend to do things the same way and we get in like little routines. And so um, I'm always like, whenever I have to do an intro, I'm always like, ah, just really try to wing it this time. And then I default <laughs> back to something I always do. And I'm like, ah, you fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, you know? it's podcast time. It's the time for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, this is this this episode, if you didn't read the title, it's called Gazing into the Future. And we kind of spurred on to this idea because we were talking about science fiction and how sometimes science fiction can take liberties that other creative mediums don't necessarily get the option to take where they can sometimes say something about the world, the way it is. And you see, say maybe the movie or you read the book or however you kind of take in the medium and you're like, yeah, that's kind of like it is today. And sometimes, maybe not always, maybe more often than not, I don't really know what the what it what it is, but I would say a lot of sci-fi creators sometimes that's actually their inspiration. You know, I've seen a number of movies that talk about dystopian type of things where society has gone wrong and power has been abused and technology has allowed tyrannical people to get in charge and then you have the rebel forces which are kind of to mm -hmm. trying to stop it you know like maybe even star wars you might even look at that and say hey this is familiar to certain things that go on in our world and not to say that we ever get there as a society and hopefully we don't maybe in certain ways we end up there but i think sometimes sci-fi can give us a bit of a warning about the future hey by the way Maybe if this happened, maybe we'd end on this path. Maybe that's not so good. Here's why. Here's the characters that are fighting against it now because we all fucked up. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I feel like sometimes the sci-fi movie, actually, I feel like there's a lot of sci-fi movies where I kind of love them because of that. Um, but uh, yeah, but it, it, it can take a certain liberty. And I think that it's a great medium in that respect because you can sometimes just open a door to something in a gentle way where it's not too obvious and people can explore an idea that if you were to hit the nail on the head, if you were to talk about it too directly, it would be too emotionally charged and people wouldn't want to, they wouldn't want to engage with it. And um, just a side note before I pass it on to Evan, my mom and I were hanging out and we were watching some, we were watching some movies for a week while I was visiting her. And I was like, oh, there's this sci-fi movie. And she's like, I hate sci-fi. Never sci-fi. No sci-fi. No sci-fi. And then eventually we kind of like got around to it. We're like, well, let's let's like let's just watch it. Let's just give it a shot. 
And then we were watching it. She's like, this is sci-fi. I was like, yeah, this is sci-fi. She thought sci-fi meant it had to have space in it, that it had to be about technology. Like she had these things in her head about sci-fi being about space and technology. And that's what a sci-fi movie is. But sci-fi, by the way, for the viewers out there who don't know this or listeners, um, your sci-fi just means that we are either in the future or in a reality that is unlike the reality we're in for various reasons, because something works somehow a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And the science fiction, it's not its not out of this world. It's very like, it seems very, a lot of time, well, sometimes it's not so possible, but a lot of the time, some of the best sci-fi seems very possible. And you're like, wow, like what if that is out there and we just don't know about it? Or what if someone invents that and things go this way? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, a show like Black Mirror is a great example, I think, of sci-fi, where sometimes they take very things that are not too far into the future, and they go like, hey, what if we developed this technology and started using it? Here's an example of what could go wrong. And that's a lot of what Black Mirror does. And mm-hmm. the show is a massive hit because of that, I think, because people are like, wow, what a what an interesting path you took me down, you know? I never really thought about how this technology could make things go wrong. And people, you know, people actually become, I would argue, more educated and more intelligent because of that sci-fi experience. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't to do with space and some in many cases wasn't even to do with technology. But I digress. Evan, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Man. Yeah, I, I think that science fiction yeah it's one of those i think genres that often comes with a lot of people have a lot of ideas of, of what that is like you, like your mom thinks like oh it doesn't have to have robots and lasers and take place in space and it's like well it can but not necessarily and and not not always and in fact it can look something decidedly very different from that something like one of my favorite movies from the last decade, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. That's a, that's a piece of science fiction for sure. And <laughs> there's no space happening there. That's just some gritty sand and dirt and <laughs> old technology, but it's, it's uh, a look at something. And, you know, you were saying that science fiction, I think it's a, it's, it's actually one of the most powerful genres places that that artists can flex their their voices and their imagination like and you think of let's think of you know let's take it out of the film the film space let's take a look at something like some books let's look at uh, a brave new world by Aldous Huxley let's look at 1984 by um by Orson Welles. Orson Welles? Or was mm-hmm. it H.G. Wells? No. no, it was Orson Welles. I always get the Wells all screwed up in my head sometimes. But these were master writers, you know, our master writers who used science fiction as a way of being able to express certain concerns, but also. I think that there's warnings, but there's also opportunities because science fiction has also like given us things to be like, wow, can you imagine if we could create something like that? Wouldn't that be amazing? And and a lot of these things we have gone on to, to, to actually make in our world. But yeah, there's these opportunities to, I think, for an artist to comment on certain things that are going on today that we're maybe too close to it now to really have perspective on it. And you can try on these, these, you can try this thing on and just like, okay, well, what if we supplanted this situation, but in, in this future time, right? Can we, can we glean something from it when, when our faces aren't pressed to the page, so to speak, right? Mm. Or maybe the subject matter is just too, too sensitive or tough of a subject at the moment. And on the flip side of it, I think science fiction opens up another opportunity that 
you know, because then you also on the on the opposite end of science fiction, you have like a period piece, I suppose, like a historical story where not that you don't have certain opportunities because I I do find it fascinating watching like a historical um, scripted show that that actually links us to our history by saying like oh like showing us and reminding us that these aren't just some paintings and drawings that you saw in a museum these were real people who were pretty much just like you and me and they were dealing with a lot of the same problems so like but science fiction i think is like it 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 has a unique thing in that it it can take liberties that you can't necessarily take in a historical show where you have to like adhere to certain realities where it's like with science fiction it's like no we can we can we can take this way out Mm -hmm. you know like we can take something beyond anything that's ever happened in human history before and we can imagine what would that be like you know how how would this how would uh this track this technology this what would that do to us if it was just sort of left unchecked or Mm -hmm. you know like there's so there's all of these there's so many opportunities i guess is really ultimately what i'm saying about science fiction that go well beyond in fact i would say the most important things that science fiction can do go well beyond just showing us cool technology like Mm -hmm. and, and that's fun too like don't get me wrong that that stuff's fun i got no problem with with space travel and 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 lasers i i definitely have an appetite for for that kind of thing at times but i think that the that where really great science fiction comes in is is when they are they are making us think on a deeper level about our current lives the direction that we're going and what we think of that and just to to sort of wrap things up you know, I mentioned to you and before because we were talking about maybe we should just talk about some movies for this podcast, keep it light. And I mentioned that I just recently rewatched Total Recall, not the original, which I love. I love the original, but the 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 redo with with Colin Farrell and uh, Jessica Biel and Kate Beckinsale, Brian Cranston is a, is a good little cast in in the movie. And yeah, it's got a lot of the science fiction elements, very futury in terms of its its visual presentation, and that's fantastic. But there's this there's this story in it, and the, and the thing the original did this, and this one carries on with that, even though they're quite different movies, but they contain this element of a, that makes you wonder about reality. You know, like it's mm-hmm. a, it's yes, the yes, whole yes, thing yes. is like, is like, well, what is, what is reality is what's even happening in here real. What makes something real or not? Like it's, it's, it plays around with these, these questions and it kind of gives us this very fun and entertaining way to, to go into what is a very deep and heavy subject. Mm-hmm. If you really got into the weeds with it. Yeah. Well, you know, I forgot about that. Uh, it's one of the great elements of that particular movie or story or book, however you want to look at it. Um, and also escaping you know, reality, you know, like, cause the whole thing yeah. starts with a person trying to escape their reality. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. It's been a while since I've seen it. So like, as you're talking about it, I'm remembering elements of it. Uh, I actually remember my parents taking me to that movie, the original um, I've seen both, but I remember them taking me to it. I was pretty young. And, <laughs> yeah, I was going to uh, old were you? That's a pretty... It was in theaters. And I was probably too young to go see it, but, <laughs> um, you know, Definitely. there was... A, <laughs> like, I remember seeing the girl with three boobs and just being like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> like, I was so young. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's... It was like... I remember walking away from that movie. I just been like, wow, what an experience. Um, I don't even know why I'm bringing that up. I'm just nostalgic. Um, but, you know, I wanted to mention about the sci-fi thing. Cause like, I, I think there is a perception about sci-fi 
that is like it's a nerd thing at least when i was younger it was kind of like sci-fi's for like the nerds mm-hmm. and i think culture and society has changed a bit where i was talking about this with a friend actually we're talking about it and we're like if you're not nerding out about anything these days people are kind of like you got nothing going on like you don't like aren't you a nerd about something like the whole idea of what a nerd is has totally changed from what it used to be because um it used to be kind of if you were considered a nerd you were considered somebody who i don't know like isn't really is like kind of socially inept doesn't really have like a lot of people likes to do things that are kind of like i don't know you're just you're you're maybe you're good at school or something and you're also like you're just into weird things right like you're into weird things that are like like kind of you're you're a bit of an off group that way right and you're not good with girls if you're a guy and uh you know and you don't play the game if you're a girl and there weren't many nerd girls you know that wasn't if you were considered a nerd um when i was when i was younger it was usually that was more of something the guys kind of had as a group um, things have changed right now. Now, like, you know, there's, um, the, I mean, for example, like girls who play video games and stream video games and do that kind of stuff is like a very, it's very common, normal. And in fact, uh, you know, I'd say that it's, it's video games and things like that have become part of our culture where it's, it's very normal to play video games and get involved and nerd out about it. Right. So I think if you're hearing this conversation and you're thinking about sci-fi, I think the other thing too is like break down these conceptions of it, right? Like one of the movies I saw this last year uh, that was a sci-fi had nothing to do with technology and it had nothing to do with space. Basically the concept was this couple is having trouble in their relationship. So the, I don't know, remember the name of this movie. I think it's on Netflix, but they so they decide to go to this cabin and the the psychologist or psychiatrist suggests it and says go to this cabin you know everybody comes back and they've recovered their relationship and whatever anyway they get to this cabin and there's a guest room and in the guest room there's another version of their partner but it's everything they ever wanted them to be like they cook and they clean they do all the things they want they're sensitive and they listen to them all this stuff But as you carry on with the movie, it starts to go like, is this really what you want? Do you want the perfect person or would you actually, is the flawed person really the person you want? And it Mm -hmm. kind of approaches, that's a really interesting idea. You know what I mean? Because you think about your partner or you think about, you know, these people in your life who aren't perfect and they're everything you want. But maybe there's something about that that actually is a little more perfect than you realize. And maybe at the end of the day, given the choice, you would actually want the person who isn't so perfect and maybe there's reasons for their imperfections you know what i mean anyway that's a sci-fi concept because that doesn't really exist in reality as far as we know but it's a science fiction idea it's like well what if this was possible what if you could experience this and you know and it starts to beg other questions like who are these people in the cabin are they real and if they are, who are they? And what, like, what is this person? And, mm-hmm. you know, um, so that's an example of sci-fi where I think sometimes people don't always think about it. And another thing about sci-fi, sci-fi can also be considered an alternate history. So for example, yeah. this happened in the past instead of what actually happened. And here's how things played out. And that's science fiction as well. That's and true. I think there's a lot of sci-fi fans out there who don't know they're sci-fi fans. <laughs> they like yeah. they don't think about it. Cause I, and and one last thing I'll just say, Evan, while we're kind of talking about that, uh, a couple nights ago, two or three nights ago, I was having a bonfire, and there was a bunch of people over, and we were talking about movies, and I mentioned this horror movie, and everybody was like, ah, you know, I don't really like horror, and they went into that, and I'm like, no, no, this isn't a slasher. It's like. It's a psychological horror. Oh, I like that. It's like, we like horror. You just don't like, you don't want to see stabby, stabby, like blood everywhere or some teen horror, but you actually will engage with a horror film, but you don't want to engage with it in a childlike way where like, I feel like that's a very young 
mentality where they want to see the slasher. They want to see the girl running around in the bra, you know, like this kind of silly stuff that teens tend to like, mm-hmm. um, you know, the guy with the chiseled abs or whatever, you know, whereas <laughs> with, uh, with, and I'm the film I was talking about was Midsummer by Ari Aster. Oh, and wow. I showed you that movie and, and I actually a client of mine is what led me to that movie. And they were like, yeah, I want to make this horror film. And there was this movie I saw Midsummer. And they started telling me about it. I was like, wow, that sounds great. Let me go check it out. And then I watched it and I was like, this is awesome. And then I read the script and then I watched it again because I was like, what an impressive piece of art. My point is, is that um, with this whole talk of gazing into the future, maybe open up to sci-fi a little bit, maybe realize that you're a a closet (laughs) sci-fi fan. And you don't realize it. It's just that you're not into space and lasers. (laughs) And that's okay. You know, you don't have to be. Because maybe that's not what it's really all about, right? I think a lot of people, like my mom, for example, she had that perception. And then uh, this, you know, we watched a film, uh, which was actually the one I just laid out, the cabin one. And she was like, wow, this is sci-fi? I'm like, yeah, this is sci-fi, mom. She was like, wow, I actually really like this. So it really opened her world because she is very much into a story that, that peers into the or gazes into the future of a relationship thing, but she doesn't want to see star Wars. She's not, that's not what she's into. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just think it's a, it's an interesting talk that way. And it's worth mentioning because we're not always, we might not engage with something simply because we have a preconceived idea of what it is. And that idea might be a little bit limited. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Midsummer. That was because uh, then I watched it after you told me about it, and uh, yeah, man, it's 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 exceptional. Like it's an exceptional film. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but it's exceptional. Yeah, one of I think you told me that was one of the best directed movies you've ever seen, and and definitely I I I understood that comment as I was watching it. Like it was just. It's, I don't know if there's a single, a single frame that's out of place in that movie. Like that is a crafted, crafted film. So moving past that, (laughs) one of the things that occurs to me as you, with some of what you were saying is that in so many ways, science fiction is just like a thought experiment. It's a human thought experiment that's just then presented in whatever medium it's being presented in. But it's, it really is taking like, well, what if, what if this happened? You know, what, and, and, and it's just seeing that, that whole thing kind of through and that type of thing, that what if question is something that each and every single one of us do. You know what I mean? So in many ways, we're all running, we're all playing with science fiction ourselves all the time, right? But, you know, we're not necessarily throwing our 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 gaze and our attention far into the distance around certain things. Like we're, a lot of times they're, they're more day-to-day domestic things of, you know, what job am I going to be at? you know, in, in five years from now, I'm going to be doing the same job. Whereas, you know, the science fiction writer or creator or whatever it is will be like, okay, what kind of job am I going to be in the next five years? If almost every single human job has been automated and what does the world mm-hmm. look like that way? Right. And it's just like, Oh, I that's a great thought experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. And, and, and you, and you just kind of play. I think that that's one of the, one of the cool things about the genre is how much room you have to play with it, you know, and, and to imagine. I think, I think that that's one of the, the terrific things about it is how imaginative you can, you can go with it. But again, I think that the trick with sci-fi is, is keeping it relatable, keeping it something that, that as an audience member, you can, you can still connect with. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, Star Wars. It's like, you know, science fiction doesn't have to be, you know, all 
blasty blasty and you know lightsabers and stuff like that <laughs> but with with that said uh i don't know if you've if you've seen it i i know i was praising it to you you know some you know i don't know maybe a month or two ago but the star wars series andor i think is just phenomenal like it was like i was really quite quite impressed with how it handled not only science fiction but also how how it handled a huge sort of universe that star wars occupies right like there's a certain expectation that comes with star wars in terms of in terms of its style and it's but this had such a even though it's taking place in these incredible fantastical cities and in faraway planets and stuff like that there's it always felt like that was that was more so the like they they, they didn't live necessarily in a whole world apart from the one that we live in because the story is fundamentally about power and control and 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 freedom to a certain mm-hmm. extent because you know the story is in general is about the how the rebellion starts to to form and what's going on at that time that's driving people to do these things and when you actually just if you remove it from that future setting and if you were to just sort of describe describe on a basic level of what these characters were doing and what was going on you might think that this was ripped out of out of the newspapers from the last couple of decades Mm -hmm. right like it's and and then just giving it a very personal and human touch to to the whole thing and to me, that was the focus of the show and mm-hmm. everything else is just kind of a window dressing, but there's something about, there's something about it happening in a time and a place that's other than your own that just allows you to just, to just kind of take your defenses down a little bit. I think you can, you can, because you always have this thing that you can rest on and say, it's like, well, it's, it's science fiction, you know, like it's a, it's, it's not real. Right. But I think that there's that, that disarming quality that a science fiction can have. Uh, It can, it can allow the deeper themes and messages to actually, you know, get into you. They can actually sort of penetrate on a, on a deeper level until eventually you find yourself having a conversation. It's like, Oh yeah, I was watching this show. Yeah. Wasn't that crazy how, you know, this happened and this happened and like these people were doing this, you know, that's, that's like not so crazy, <laughs> you know? And then like it, it, and it can open, open the door to, um, yeah, some, some really, some, some really terrific things to, I guess, almost philosophize over. I think Mm -hmm. philosophy and science fiction have a very close relationship. Hey everybody, this is Evan, and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. I would agree. I'd agree. I think that there is a lot of things that science fiction does where it helps to flesh out an idea a little bit further, where you're not thinking about it fully until it presents it. There's there's this episode in Black Mirror, which is one of my favorite, it's called free fall. I think it's the one with the social media and basically everybody in the society rates each other with every interaction they have. And you, you know, you give people five stars, one to five stars. And 
the the way the society works is that if you have less than four point whatever stars, four point five, you basically lose out on all the best benefits of society. You can't live in as nice of a neighborhood. You can't own as nice of a car. You can't rent as nice of a car if you wanted to. You you get pushed back in the line for maybe flying or going somewhere or doing something. So it's very there's a lot of things to keep your rating high. But what happens in this society is that everybody is just really trying to be lovely with each other, but it's all fake. And there's no authenticity anymore because no one ever wants to tell anyone what they really think or feel for the sake of that interaction might get rated low. And so that would hurt your rating cost you. So it's better to just pretend to be nice to the person, to pretend to be sweet and kind, even though you're like through your teeth, you might just be like, I fucking want to punch the living shit out of this person. Like really, that might be what you're thinking because they're being rude or cruel or doing whatever. And for the sake of trying to navigate social situations, you fake it. And you start to see when you look into this, how much of a nightmare that could actually be. And what it's talking about is it's talking about a social credit system, which is something that's beginning to be presented in our society today. And this, this was made years ago, by the way. But now it's starting to be presented in our idea where you get rated and you have a rating in society. And based on your rating, based on how compliant you are, how much you follow the rules, how much you do what you do, you'll get benefits in society. But, but that's a very half-baked idea for most people. They're not thinking that one out. Because mm-hmm. now, just think about it. You know, the way to a good life is to have a high rating. So now you're going to have to compromise many things to keep your high rating because you'll lose out on benefits. So, you know, what ends up happening is, you know, you start to have people that basically are being inauthentic and ingenuine and disgenuine, however you want to put it. And like uh, the there's consequences, there's just bad things that come out of it. And and I think what I love about these types of things is they explore an idea and they they bake it a little further where you start to go like, wait a minute, it can help us tell the story in a way that's too uncomfortable in the moment to explore, but we can explore it somewhere else, have it be in space with lasers and shit, or have it just be with a little technology or a different history or something like that. And we can explore an idea that Maybe we think on the surface is pretty wonderful, but when you really look into it, you're like, wait a minute, maybe this isn't such a good thing. Maybe I actually have it pretty good right now and I just don't appreciate it and recognize it, you know? And sometimes that's what sci-fi does for you. It makes you look at something and it makes you go, oh shit, I wouldn't want to live in that world. This is actually a lot better than one I'm in. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying it's great. And maybe sometimes sci-fi is like, hey, you know, the world would be better if we did this. And so maybe we should. But that's one of the that's one of the gazing into the future wonders about it, right? <laughs> it's yeah. Like, if we go down this road, does it actually lead to a good place when we really walk down it? You know, mm-hmm. not just looking down it and thinking about what it might be like, but like, you know, and of course with art, you're not really there, but it does feel like you're there, you know? Cause you get because you get in there with the characters and the story and the narrative, and you get in there and you start to feel like, yeah, this feels real. And you mm-hmm. and you and if it's a movie, you visit it for ninety minutes or a couple hours or whatever it might be. If it's a show, maybe shorter, but you visit it maybe longer technically. But you, you visit it and you go, hmm, all right. You walk away. You might not think about it. You might just carry on with life. But it made an impact, especially if, especially if it explored something you hadn't fully thought out, you know. And then sometimes too, Evan. One other thing. I was last thing I'm going to say. I promise. Sometimes <laughs> you're not even thinking about it. And it doesn't matter to you and it's not even relevant to your life. But then someone shows you a movie that goes, movie's really good. You should check it out. And then you're thinking about something you weren't even thinking about at all. And you go, wow. You know what I mean? You, it, it opens your mind to something you didn't even really factor in until now, you know? So yeah, that's, that's to me, that's what gazing into the future really is. It's like, you know, we're all in our own little world. So mm-hmm. it opens the door to a bigger world. Yeah. Just as you were talking there, I was like, yeah, you know, it it occurs to me like one of like the, like a a big theme that, that science fiction takes on is, is that thing of, it looks 
it looks great on the surface, but mm. inside there's something really, really rotten inside. There's something really corrupt underneath the sort of the, the big, beautiful future cities, like, you know, the utopia, right? Like sure, yeah. in like inside that utopia, there's a lot of dysfunction that's going on to create that utopia. So just, yeah, it's a common, that's a fairly common science fiction theme, just kind of as a little tidbit that just is like, oh yeah, that is, that is interesting how that there's works. There's a saying, there's a saying, I'll just, while well, you're mentioning that, there's a saying, all dystopias come from utopian principles. Yeah. And that's an important thing to remember because usually we get ourselves into bad places with a good intent. And so, um, you know, there's a certain point in life where you have to start going, yeah, yeah. Like I know your intent is good. I know my intent is good, but let's really think out this thing because I might not be, I might be like one thing I'll, I'll just share one thing, a mistake I commonly make. And I've been really trying to correct myself on this is thinking that people will perceive things the way I do and do things the way I do them. That's a common thing. A lot of people mm. do this. And so something I've been really trying to do is stop myself and say, Given the opportunity, what would a person who has no morals do? What would a person who is in a really depressed place do if this was so? What would a person do if this was available and they were in this place? And I try to think about what other people might do. You know, what would a woman do? You know, I'd be, I'm a man, right? So what, what, would, what would she do? What would a child do? What would an older person do? You know, start to ask yourself because, and all of those are just thought experiments, but they help you to get a bigger grasp of something. Because isn't that sci-fi too? Like you give someone a situation and you present this technology or this idea, but they're in a certain place of their life and you go, oh, I never really thought about it, how it might have an effect on you if you were in this place in your life. Because I'm here and I'm thinking about it this way, but like, what if I was there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that, and that can be, you know, there's all sorts of avenues that can be explored, right? But that's part of the problem, I think, with a lot of things for us. We're very half-baked because we often just think from our own perspective, which is normal, but it's not mature. It's actually quite immature. And um, for us to be mature and also to be good artists in many ways, it's about putting yourself in the perspective of something other than yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about this on the podcast, you know, there's people that's like, oh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just fucking get on with it. It's like, Easy for you to fucking say with your million dollars that your parents just gave you to start your business. Mm-hmm. Fucking, yeah. Or the great education you got or the fucking great fucking neighborhood you live in. Meanwhile, this person's worried about like if they'll, you know, be able to eat tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Easy for you to say and you've never fucking done it yourself. You know what I mean? Not like I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of arrogance we have in our culture about, oh, just do this. It's that easy. It's that easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's really funny about that expression of pull pull yourself up by your bootstraps is that the actual like a lot of people pointed out it's just like, well, you well, like it's impossible, right? Like that's that like the actual it, you can't actually do it. And that's actually the original expression. The original oh. express the original expression is actually you can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Oh, but it's really? weird. Yeah, it, yeah. It got it got at some point in time people just, just like pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And it's like <laughs> the expression is actually you that you can't you can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Like it's you know it's it's the the saying has a completely different meaning <laughs> than That's how amazing. it's used. Yeah, That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, actually, it's... you know where I heard that? Our good friend Alan Watts. He said mm-hmm. I heard him say that on a lecture. He was talking about that. Anyhow. Yeah. So interesting. Well, yeah. Science fiction, brother. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. That's well, where it led know, us if to. If anything, if anything, you know, I mean, we'll we'll wrap this baby up, but like if anything, maybe walk away from this conversation that we've had, if you've hung in this long and um, maybe look at it in terms of like, you know, if you can get riled up about something, that's probably a pretty fun, good thing. And, you know, I think for me, like getting riled up 
is a part of what helps me to, to, to do good art, you know? And, uh, I, I think that, fuck man, like no one needs any more vanilla shit. <laughs> we just don't need it. Like man, fucking entertainment is everywhere now. Like, it's fucking very easy to distract yourself. So if you can get riled up about something, if something really gets to your goat, you know, maybe sci-fi is the medium for you to explore it in and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and and try the idea out in. And maybe if you came into this conversation thinking about, oh, they're talking about sci-fi, I'm not into that. Maybe you can open your mind to what sci-fi could be. You know, that's what I might suggest is that, you know, if you're thinking, oh, it's just nerds and space and lasers and shit, and like, mom, I'm going to point out that no, it's not just that, you know. But also that stuff can be awesome too. I'm not, uh, personally, I'm not judging that because I love that shit. But, um, you know, I love it all. I just love a good story. And I and I love it when a story isn't preachy, but manages to carry something a little more than I expected with it, where it makes me walk away and go, hmm, yeah, there's something to chew on there. Um, they never jammed it down my throat. But they let me chew on it. I that's when I that preachy to me is you're jamming it down my throat, like swallow it. You know, this is this <laughs> you have to you have to eat this. And it's like, no. But like a good artist, they give you something to chew on. And you can spit it back out, but you you gnaw on it a little bit, you know. <laughs> you try to work it a little bit. And like yeah. that's to me, that's where good art lives. It's in that that's that chewing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Maybe there's never been anything truer said about art ever, Brandon. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Art is chewing. Art is chewing. Art yeah. is chewing. <laughs> well. All right. Well. Some of it is. <laughs> let's wrap this one up. Sure, man. Let's call it a night. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I I appreciate you. Let me just say this before I share beer. I appreciate you for for hearing my rant. And listening. Hey. <laughs> no, I do, I'm man. Here for, man. That's I do, what I'm man. here for. You know, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, if, if no know. one else, it's me. Yeah. If no one else, it's you. <laughs> and it's like knowing that some people are listening to our conversation on the other side, you know, even, even just if there's someone, it's like, well, there you go, man. I mean, <laughs> just, just doing it. Um, okay, well, I'll present my beer first. Um, I'm having this thing called the double, like D-U-B-B-E-L, double. Oh, yeah. um, brewed by Red Collar Brewing Company. I've never had their beer before. They have a cute little dog on the front of it. I don't know if you're on video, you can see it. Well, um, anyway, it's uh, it's been pretty good. It's, um, I don't know, like a mouthful. <laughs> how do i put it it's a good beer it's it it, um it's strong beer i think the alcohol percentage is pretty high um see if i can find 6.6.0 don't really notice it so that always is a sign as a positive but it's um it's it's a very flavorful beer and i think that um i kind of got into it i like it but i i had to get into it a little bit it's kind of dark very flavorful um, but then once you're into it, it's kind of like, yeah, this is pretty good. I'm enjoying this. Mm. But, uh, so if you do have this beer, if you're, if you're so inclined, if you ever do have any of the beers we have, that's been my experience of it. I'd say just give it a shot, try and get through, you know, try and just enjoy, enjoy your way into it. It's a sipper and that's where I'm at. So what do you got? Nice. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm drinking the same thing that I had on the last one cause I didn't have an opportunity to go and grab something else. So, uh, I'm drinking 33 acres of sunshine. Nice. Drinking 33 acres of sunshine, having a light conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why my, my conversation was so heavy cause my beer is so heavy and dark. <laughs> well, there, that's a theory. There's a theory for Probably it. Probably nothing to do with it, but hey, you know, all right. Reach. Well, let's, I mean, I don't it's know. Like, necessarily... I got to get out of here. He's like, yeah. I got stuff to do, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't know necessarily what to say about <laughs> wrapping this one up. I mean, you know, I think it, this well, gaze was... into the future. Yeah. I, I, for me, it was actually, you know, this was, this was a, a pretty fun conversation for the most part. It was, it was in terms of, of 
you know, just talking about, again, the opportunities that, that science fiction opens up, you know, and it's, it's not that those opportunities don't exist in, in other genres and other places. It's just that, you know, there's sometimes like they just, they, they offer just such a unique vantage point on something that you just can't, you can't quite get that same vantage point through any other way. Right. And, and that's, I think, I guess where I'm really realizing what, what science fiction is, is it's, it's a vantage point. Uh, It's a particular kind of one, you know, where we're imagining into the future that almost, that almost gazes back at us. Ooh. Oh shit. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I was just like realizing that, that that that's like that's actually kind of what science fiction is, you know? It's like it's like it's us gazing mm. into the future and the future gazing back at us. Mm. Right? Like we're gazing back at ourselves for by through that imagining of the future. Right? Which is like there there is only one way of doing that. <laughs> You know, you can't, you know, there's a different lens where we can, where we can look at ourselves now through the past, but that's a different, that's a different kind of, that's a different vantage point, right? Mm. And they, they offer us different perspectives that, that have different kinds of value, I guess. So yeah, if you're a person who scoffs or dismisses science fiction or says you don't like it, well... You know, as you were saying, maybe you actually do like science fiction. You just don't realize that you, you know, a lot of the stuff that you really like are science fiction pieces, but also give it a shot because science fiction, good science fiction offers some really, some really deep stuff mm-hmm. for us to, to, to wonder to to ponder to meditate on to think about like it it gives us a lot of stuff for us to to chew on <laughs> to borrow your phrase well I, I really like that i mean it, we gaze into a future that gazes back at us very poetic it's nice um i, I didn't think... even mean to be poetic I didn't even mean to, Brandon, I swear to God. Yeah, and I think mostly true. I mean, and my saying mostly is it's definitely true, but I think that one thing about art that I've noticed is that art evolves and changes over time, and we have different demands and expectation on the kind of art we want. So, I mean, as a very general kind of statement, when we're in really dark times, a lot of the time we want really light entertainment because we we use entertainment in some forms to relieve ourselves of the darkness or the pain or the hardship. And, and, uh, and art can serve as a kind of a magical medium that way and let us just let us go somewhere sometimes other than anything but this moment, which... I think is totally valid and and important. And I think for the artists that who who deliver on that and who make make work that way, I think that's a wonderful thing. I think you're doing a wonderful service for a lot of people. I think sometimes when we're in uh after we've seen enough light and we're like, ah, oh, you know, I want some depth, I want some whatever, we we tend to um where things are just really good, sometimes we like to explore the dark. And I think we do that because it gives us context and and we want a little context. We want a little bit of a juxtaposition to what's normal. Um, so I, you know, I think uh, at different times we want different things and um, sci-fi doesn't judge. It's more like it's just a way of, of exploring an idea. And I also think that sometimes it gives you an opportunity that maybe something else like maybe more modern or more like current just doesn't give you that room to play around in. And, you know, when you look at 
for example, Star Wars, Star Wars is about tyranny. I mean, no matter how you spin it, it's about tyranny. It's about an abuse of power. It's about, um, and when you really dig into the story and you start to look at it, you know, it's it's about people standing for freedom and rights and, uh, uh, you know, standing up for truth and trying to preserve things that are maybe perceived as good or, you know, um, things that can ultimately combat tyranny and abuse of power. It's as relevant today as it ever is. And that's one of the things when you look at Star Wars and you look at the universe of Star Wars, which I think is one of the most notorious sci-fi things ever. It's not just because it has lightsabers, which are fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't care who you are, but those are a pretty fucking cool invention. But like, it's really tyranny and freedom have been a fucking battle of humanity forever. And that's timeless, you know? But it's in space. And it's the empire and it's the rebels. And somehow it's not related to today, but it's today. It's all today. You know, so... And you might realize when you look at it, if you like it or don't like it, or that you respond to it or don't respond to it, take a second, chew on it, look a little deeper. If someone's really famous and you're like, oh, I hate Star Wars. Why is it so popular? There might be more to it than you think. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe just take a second to look into it. And I would say that with, not just with sci-fi, but with all mediums, but just because this has been a, a, a talk that we've been having, we've, we've centered this on sci-fi science fiction. Yeah, I think it's worth looking into is going, you know, and if you have an idea, I guess I'll leave you guys with this. If you do have an idea and you're thinking about it and you're like, you know, nothing about this really seems to quite work or it's just not, you know, and you kind of have that sense. I don't know. Like, I think as you mature as an artist, an artist, an artist, an artist, you get a better gauge on that you kind of know you have something but it's not quite working i would encourage you to try throwing it into the realm of sci-fi and i and by that i don't necessarily mean lasers in space but i just mean like what if it existed what if the story you're playing with existed in a different reality than you know and it could just be a little bit outside of this reality does something happen does something begin to occur in that world that doesn't occur in this one and does it become more approachable in a way that's maybe not so approachable in this one? And so I'd say, like, take a glimpse into the future and see what happens. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.